I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. The Iron Brew Podcast is sponsored by Henley Granite and Marble. Henley Granite and Marble offer very competitive pricing on a huge range of worktops. We pride ourselves on our fantastic customer service and three working day lead time from template to installation on standard kitchen worktops. For more information, visit henleygraniteandmarble.co.uk. Quote Iron Brew for 10% off your quotation. Small enough to care, big enough to cope. Welcome back to the Iron Brew podcast. Brad Mel, Matt Blanchard, Matt Ellis. Now, obviously, last week after that win against Oldham, we put the podcast out. We're saying it was great that we've got that first win in ages. But, you know, you've got to realise that when it was off the back of, I think, what was it, eight defeats in a row and you get that win, it's important not to get too carried away because if it was the other way around, say we'd won eight in a row, you wouldn't lose your mind over one defeat, would you? So it's the same. It's the same sort of thing. I think this week was always going to be a bit more telling and uh, to, to win on Tuesday, to get the draw on Saturday against Morecambe so we'll go into them in a bit more detail soon um, but it's that, that's, you've got to be quite happy with that haven't you you know uh, t- two wins and a draw out of the three games you'd have taken that a couple of weeks ago wouldn't you yeah I mean I'd have snatched your hand off for it to be honest um, we were looking really poor weren't we um, so it's to be honest yeah it's been a massive turnaround I think we're looking a lot more organised um, everyone seems to know what, the, what they're doing they seems to know the jobs particularly defensively um, and we just look a lot more solid, to be honest. Um, we've had a couple of games. I think obviously Markham were on top for the second half today, and we saw midweek Port Vale were as well. But um, teams are struggling to break us down now. Whereas you know a few weeks ago, maybe a month ago, we were conceding a couple of games. So um, yeah, I mean it's it was important to get a result today. I think um, it would have been nice to get the win, but the draw just keeps ticking along. Obviously, we're still looking for that home win, but. Um, yeah, I think it's it's a massive week for us, really. Seven points from nine, I don't think we could ask for much more than that. Yeah, I agree with that. It's, it's obviously a little bit sickening, isn't it, to, to to concede a goal and stoppage time in the manner we did. But I think if we had won that, we probably didn't deserve it. I thought, you know, by a large, Morecambe were the better team. Um, and you, you kind of expected it, really, unfortunately, despite the fact that we defended really well and, and we looked comfortable, we looked solid. Um, Markham didn't really create that many chances. I mean, it, you know, as disappointing as it is to, to kind of not win um, and, and kind of lose two points like that at, at the same time, it's, it's a good result against a good team. And you could see Markham were well drilled. They, they played pretty well. They knew what they were doing. Um, they didn't look that dangerous um, on the attack. But I thought, you know, that they were the better team you know, by by about, about a shade, not a huge amount. I thought we did well, but I think they were better teams. So I think it, it was it was a fair result. And as you said, seven points from um, from nine is is you know we, we couldn't have expected that in our wildest dreams a few weeks ago. So um, we can't be too disheartened. 
No, steps in the right direction. I think a lot of people would have taken a point before the game at Morecambe as well, actually. Um, like I said, we'll get into that in a little bit more detail a little bit later on. Uh, just one or two little bits of news to go through first. Um, let's start with Olamola, actually. If you heard our live episode, our match day lives that we've started to do before the Morecambe game, we did have a little bit of a chat about that in there. But it's worth going over here, actually, just in case you didn't hear that. Or, you know, we've got more listeners on this one, something like that. So... As we know, he wasn't on the bench on the on the Tuesday against Port Vale. That coming off the back of uh, being on the bench at Oldham, and then previously to that scoring in the the cup game. And I think there's been interest, isn't there, from non-league teams? Um, but Neil Cox indicating in an interview that he's chosen to to stay here and try and to make his way into the team. So let's just get some thoughts on Olamola and that whole situation. Yeah, I mean, it, it certainly seems that way that he's. Um turned down that move. Uh, sounded like it could have been a loan move with kind of a view to a permanent in January. And as we were kind of speaking about earlier, um, it was one I suppose the club have to seriously consider given obviously the lack of money um, at the club at the moment. And um, if it's money on the table for one of our players, I think I think any player um, is going to be considered at this moment in time. Uh, he's obviously a fringe player anyway, Um you know he's in and around that squad now, um, which he which he hasn't been really um, in his couple of years here. Um, so yeah, I can see why the club obviously put the um, decision in his court, really, the ball in his court. And um, it's an interesting one because there's obviously a, a bit of a disagreement between Cox and Olamola about where his best position is. Um, Cox wants him to play a certain way, and, and Olamola doesn't agree with that, and, and he wants to play a different way. Um, so it is a tricky situation. I know we've, we've touched on it in previous weeks. And I can see both sides. I can see, obviously, Cox wants him to do a job for the team in a certain role. Um, and if he's not willing to do that, then I can understand why Cox would pick someone ahead of him, because at the end of the day, he's the manager. Um, but Olamola as well, you know, he might be frustrated if, he, if he's not getting the game time. And when he's getting the game time, or when he's he's been considered uh, to play, it's going to be in a position he's, he's not quite happy with. So... Um, yeah, it's one of those, and it could leave, you know, because he's not left the club, um, and because he's not out on loan. If the club didn't put that to him, then we, we may have had an unhappy player. But it sounds like it's his decision. Um, sounds like he wants to kind of try and force his way into that first team. And with obviously Kev fitness, you know, it's not great. It sounds like um, obviously he's got his his issue with his finger, and obviously picked up another knock today. Um, I think it's probably for the best that he didn't go, to be honest. So I think I think we've got a little bit lucky there because I think if he left, um, it would have left us a bit short until January. Well, I think as well, something to point out is that, as, as you're right, you know, you could end up with an unhappy player here in this situation. But as we know, he was on the bench against Morecambe. And I think that, that for me, that harks back to something that happened earlier on in the season. Uh, and that is in regards to players like McAtee, players like Issa, I think Colclough as well, when he was here. You know, when these players are having disagreements with Neil Cox, and, you know, he's, he's made no no bones about that. You know, they have there has been some clashes, if that is the right word to say, or some disagreements. Uh, he It does seem to me, though, that Neil Cox is, is not a manager that will hold a grudge. I think they will talk it out, and then it seems that he will move on. You know, it's not a case of he wants Olamola to play this way. He wants to play a different way. Therefore, he's not in the squad. You know, I think there is, I think there seems to be, you know, some compromise with Cox. And I think that is a good characteristic to have actually for the squad at the minute. 
Yeah, I think you're probably right. I think what we've seen, you know, from Cox in terms of his, his kind of post-match and pre-match interviews, is he's pretty honest, isn't he? You know, he'll he'll give credit where it's due, and he'll, he'll kind of sort of have a go play if you like if he's not happy with them we've seen that a couple of times when he's been talking to Humberside um, but you know at the end of the day he's he's got players within his squad that he's got to utilise and if that means that um, Olomola is going to come back in after he's been out of favour because he thinks he can do a job on a particular game then that's going to happen I think we kind of saw that with Colclough with Christ knows what was going on behind the scenes but he gave Colclough another chance didn't he so it, it doesn't surprise me really I think that he, he needs to use the players to his full disposal and I think that He's got to try everything he can, especially up up into this point where we've not been not been very good, especially with the with the injuries and things like that. It doesn't surprise me that he's had to do that, um, and it does surprise me actually that they've decided to to kind of or Olamola's decided that he wants to fight for his place, where as you said, Matt, he's, he's not being played in his his position that he prefers, and, and Cox is asking him to do something he wouldn't normally do. Um, so that does surprise me, in fact. So, but it, it does it shows you that Cox is flexible. It shows that he doesn't hold a grudge, like you know maybe some some managers that we had in the past kind of did, and and the, the decisions that were baffling were maybe based on the kind of how much they like an individual player, which is not what we're seeing from Cox, which is is quite refreshing. And, and as I said, I think I think the buzzword for Cooks really is honesty that, that I'm getting from him. Yeah, absolutely. Right, let's move forward then, shall we? So the other bit of news this week coming in uh, across the leagues, obviously, is that now that we're allowed to use five subs in the game, you know, you can have seven on a bench, you can make five changes. Uh, in the Morecambe game, that was the first one where this was applicable, not applicable at the Tuesday night game. Um, they, they were used four, didn't we? We used four. Obviously, one was enforced with Kev. Um, so it, how, how do you think that's going to, you know, play out across the league? You know, it seems to favour the bigger squads. I think, as we mentioned uh, in the in the live one that we did earlier, on but also do you think it changes the way that managers approach the game because often a lot of times they'll be thinking especially with the injuries if we can get this player to 60 minutes then we can bring it off you know how much do you think having five subs available will affect game management yeah it's it's an interesting one I mean I'm not sure whether I I agree and I don't think I do to be honest I would I would prefer to see it at three Um, and I think you're right that it does favour the bigger clubs and, and the clubs with um, probably more attackers. Um, I think we saw today that Markham utilised it really well. That I think they brought obviously four players on in the last sort of ten minutes and um, finally broke us down and got the goal. So um, yeah, I, th- I think um, where we are at the moment with the injuries we've had and, and the lack of fitness, I think it, it probably will work in our favour more often than not. Um, and obviously, it meant today that we could risk Kev um, and, and actually start the game and not worry about him using up one of the subs. Uh, or one of the one of the three subs, um, knowing that we've got another four left. So um, yeah, I think it's it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see how sort of teams use it and uh, how managers utilise it moving forward. But yeah, I think it's because of the Corona situation, because of the fact that um, a lot of teams haven't had a proper pre-season and and the season's been disrupted and there's players kind of picking up niggly little injuries. I think that they've probably looked at it and because obviously as well that a lot of games have been crammed into a short space of time and they think it's probably the right thing to do from sort of players' wellbeing point of view more than anything. So um, yeah, I can see why they've done it. And um, as you say, I think it's, it's going to be interesting moving forward kind of how teams use it and whether it does kind of start to favour the teams at, at the top of the table or the teams with the bigger budgets and the bigger squads. I think um, just something as well that I sort of just thought of now at the minute really is that 
whether you agree with five subs being used or not, is there a question to be asked about the point of the season in which this rule has come into play? I mean, I can sort of understand completely why it's come in, as you you know, all the reasons you've just said there with injuries in the backlog of fixtures and things like that. But I'm thinking back to, you know, maybe the end of, well, before the first lockdown, really, you know, when they were trying to work out how last season was going to end and everybody was saying things like, oh, you know, integrity of the competition, things like that. You can't finish it this way, you know, and that, all of that. You know, is there some sort of argument to the same, you know, along the same sort of lines in, in the fact that either it should have been done at the start of the season or not at all? You know, should we have played 13, you know, 12, 13, 14 games already, only having three, and now we can have five. You know, I, I, I mean, I, I don't really know. What, what do you think about that? Yeah, um, it, I, I agree. I think it, it's a bit of a strange one um, that, that you would bring it in at this point in the season rather than start with it. Um, but also, we're kind of living in unprecedented times, especially for football as a sport and especially for for kind of lower league teams um, where it's a struggle to survive at the minute. And also, of course, the curtailment of the season last season, you know, we've never seen that before um, in our lifetimes. Um, so to, to kind of, for lower league football to survive, it also has to kind of evolve at the same time or it's going to die. And I think that these kind of, these these tweaks, these different rules, the, these things that we've not seen before that are brought in, although they sound a bit kind of pie in the sky, a, bit, about, a, bit, a little bit harebrained, you know, in, in some senses, like five subs, it's crazy. You know, you can, if you were Russ Wilcox, you'd, you'd bring five centre-backs <laughs> on in the 90th minute, you'd be absolutely delighted by the, the new rule. But, you know, the, these things are happening because the kind of situation we're living in and code and things like like that and and we, we it's not that unusual given the circumstances and I think that as I said for lower league football to kind of survive it, it, these these things will happen and you can probably expect more things like this to happen I don't know what incarnation but it's I'm not that surprised by it whereas before COVID I'd be like what the hell is going on do you think it's got to stick now though because like I'm thinking if you get to say let's say we get to March or or even April and you know that's when you've got teams in the run for the playoffs and things like that if they then all of a sudden say oh you know um, you know the fixtures have leveled out a little bit you know, best will in the world, things are getting a little bit back to normal, you know, the R rates down and things like that, you know, let's go back to three subs. Does that then change it? Does it? Do you think it's got to stay till the end of the season now or do you think it could go back to three? You'd think so, wouldn't you, really? It's, it's a bit strange to say you can now do this and then six months later, nah, not anymore. <laughs> but it wouldn't surprise me at the same time. But you think that it would like to keep some consistency and, and, and based on um, if they don't change it before January, um, and this, you know, you say you can still have five subs. Then that's going to influence, you know, kind of transfer policy for a lot of clubs in January. Knowing that, you know, as you said, if if you're losing, you want to bring three strikers on. You can do that because you've 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 still got two subs left or whatever. You know, you get an injury, you're still covered. Um, so there might be more emphasis on that. But at the same time, if you're winning, do you bring defensive players on? You know, so it's what is it depends what the club wants to do it depends what the individual manager wants to do really right you mentioned consistency there and i think that's the word really to take us into the games because after we looked at oldham last week you know we said we wanted the lineup to say relatively consistent we thought that in like all likelihood is that clark who actually had a great game against oldham would probably not make the tuesday night obviously we know he cramped up towards the end as well uh, and rested out of a precaution that of course did happen gyro came back into the squad uh, but also, 
it, you know, there was a few players that did make it back in. I'm thinking specifically Harrison Maguire that sort of came out of nowhere. I wasn't expecting him to be anywhere near the squad, let alone starting. Uh, and I think, yeah, should we, should we look at them two first? You know, when we had Rowe at the back, we had Brown at the other side, but uh, Harrison Maguire and Emmanuel Anaraise. And these, these were the two that we really wanted to see together. And in that game on Tuesday against Port Vale, and, you know, they were under a lot of pressure for a lot of the game. Uh, they, both of them handled it really well. Yeah, they did, and I think it was it was a perfect game for the, for them really because there was no one particularly running in behind, and a lot of Port Vale's kind of um, possession just ended with balls into the box. And at the end of the day, um, that's their bread and butter, and, and they dealt with it really well all game. Got basically the heads on everything and, and looked really solid. Um, and I think Rowe did well as well. Obviously, he picked up that booking, um, and they. After that, they seemed to target him a little bit, maybe trying to kind of realise he was a little bit inexperienced and, and try to maybe get him sent off. But I thought he did really well and, and stood up to everything um, in that second half. But yeah, on the whole, it was just a, a really good sort of defensive performance. Um, we didn't really create much at the other end of the field. I know obviously Loft had the, the best chance for me of, of the game, um, which he was unlucky with. But yeah, I think it was... Um, compared to what we were seeing at the start of the season where we just crumbled and we were conceding goal after goal and, and sloppy goals. Um, it was just a really uh, organised defensive performance and um, yeah, it was, it was really good to see. I mean, because they looked quite tough to start with, didn't they? And I actually think if you take the game as a whole, it, 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 you were not going to have, in, a, in some regards, a more difficult 90 minutes of football, really, because they were just on us all the time, weren't they? Even though they weren't necessarily creating that much, it was just intense sort of pressure wasn't it they were getting balls in the box you know we were having to do quite a lot defending but they were doing that you know quite early on I think for the first 20 minutes well to be fair even to the first to the goal until Issa sort of took took them by surprise really uh, I think they were controlling the game quite nicely and that's where you sort of first see in Maguire and we're first seeing Ori saying you know they're getting involved in the game things like that but uh, you know what would you make of that just taking the game as a whole you know it, I mean there was a great it was a great defensive performance in, in many ways and it's a really hard fought victory I think we did really really well in there to get the three points um, I, I, I don't think I can take many more games like that though going forward with however many's left you know 30 odd games left or so yeah I think you're right with that I mean yeah it was it, at times it was like attack versus defense wasn't it it was just wave after wave but you know as I said I don't think they really troubled Howard apart from sort of really late on where whether it crossed the line or not I don't know no one really seems to know what happened but um, the referee gave the free kick and, and that was really their only opportunity where where they looked like they might get a goal so in that respect yeah as you say it was it was a fantastic defensive display and obviously a million times better than than what we've seen at the start of the season um, but yeah and I can see what you mean I mean it was wasn't the best spectacle, I suppose. Uh, you, you expect a little bit more. I think Cox obviously told them to sit in and try and soak up the pressure. And um, especially when we lost Kev, it, it seemed at times like you know we were playing with nine men, um, just everyone behind the ball and just launching it into you know as far up the field as we could. Um, but at the end of the day, I mean, the, the most important thing once we got that goal was was to hang on to it, hang on to the three points, and uh, back up the win against Oldham because I mean that was what we needed to do at the end of the day. We just needed to kind of show that that Oldham win wasn't a fluke. Um, and we did that. So, you know, credit to the players for that because uh, at the end they were throwing the bodies in and 
um, getting ahead to everything and obviously Manny's block as well with, <laughs> with his, his hand or yeah. his, I don't know but um, you know he, he threw himself in there and, and really wanted to keep that clean sheet and that's what we've been missing this season um, I think now there's a real uh, desire to kind of keep the ball out of the net and um, work hard for each other and, and really fight for you know the, the points and I think we saw that on Tuesday so um, although we didn't create a lot and there wasn't much going forward um, there's still there's still a lot of positives in that and the fact we kind of held firm under a lot of pressure um, was the biggest one for me I think. Well you mentioned the positives I think we've got to talk about the goal because it in itself is brilliant but you've got to you've got to look right at the start of this movement and it's it's a free kick from them isn't it and it's 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 one of those nothing free kicks it's in their own half they're just launching it up uh, Howard grabs it comes out to his box throws it you know right a perfect throw really in front of EC takes it half the pitch cuts in on his right hand side edge of the box and then hits it it's a great goal I mean and but the whole movement I mean Howard to to release that and you know to get the assist essentially isn't it it's it's just a little bit of forward thinking that we've and creativity that we've not really seen so far this season but for a long time as well actually yeah, you know, it's bread and butter for Howard. He comes out, claims it, and it's, it's a hell of a throw, um, you know, and, it, and it's great great distribution, and it's something we've, we've, we've sorely lacked, unfortunately, most of the season. And, and it, he releases um, Issa, doesn't he? And he, Issa does what he does, and it's, it's pretty much kind of a trademark goal from Issa, really. And I think as I was watching the game today against... Um, against Morecambe, I think Newey was just commenting and saying that he's, he's, he's got to try and go down the kind of down the outside sometimes because it's so obvious for every defender what he's going to do and he's not quite bigger, is he? You knew what bigger was going to do, but as a defender, you couldn't do anything about it. And he's not quite on that level, Issa, <laughs> but I think he needs to mix it up a little bit whether he goes on the outside or he comes on the inside. Um, but yeah, it, it, was a, it was a great goal, wasn't it? And it really was a, a, bit of a, a bit of genuine quality in the game that... Um, and it was just just a good job that we've we've learned how to defend. And I think that was the point of the game, really. When you know it goes in, it I mean, it took us by surprise when you're watching it. I don't think anybody was really expect. I know you I know you mentioned there that it, you know it's sort of a goal that he does, but it's at the point in the game where you know not a lot's happening. You know we've not had anything going forward, so that it came out of nowhere really in that regard. Uh, and that that sort of calmed Port Vale down a bit, really. Then I don't think they really know how to react to that, and we sort of got a bit of a foothold in the game. Uh, and then as as we say, they step it up in the second half. There's a couple of moments uh, probably worth talking about as as you mentioned there Matt they obviously get the ball in the net quite late on I think the ref's given a foul uh, on on the keeper but I'm not I, to be honest I think we got a bit lucky there I don't really see an awful lot wrong with that goal I think we were quite lucky not to uh, concede a penalty for the um, the should we say a block I guess if when uh, Manny threw himself in front of it I don't know if it did touch his hand or not um, I think the up the other end though there's a, probably an equal chance that we could have had a, a penalty though because I think Kev was brought down it did look to be a penalty for me yeah I think so and we've seen those given haven't we against us um, numerous times this season so disappointing not to get that one because I think that was that was a penalty um, with the Manny one, I suppose it depends whether it touched his arm first or whether it kind of came off another part of his body first. It was it was difficult to tell. But yeah, I mean, he's thrown his body in, all happened really quickly and, and the referees decided not to give it. So yeah, I think we got a little bit lucky. I think you're right in those two kind of moments. Um, but I think we probably deserved it for the defensive display. You know, we, we've had a lot go against us. We've had a couple of penalty decisions go against us at kind of nil-nil in previous weeks that were never penalties. Um, so maybe it just starts to even itself out. And I think we do kind of um, 
we do a bit of luck, and I think we got that on Tuesday. Uh, right, let's move into Saturday then, into the Morecambe game. Uh, now, if we wanted consistency from the Oldham game into the Port Vale, it, I think we wanted that again really for, for the match at the weekend. And for the most part, we got it. And the surprise for me, I think, was that Kev started. And obviously, we'll, we'll talk about what happened to Kev in there. But, um, you know, obviously, he went off on Tuesday. Uh, he's only just coming back from injury anyway. You know, do you think he should have started or, or is that just sort of a, a hindsight thing? Probably not. And I think that Cox did say in his post-match, uh, post-match interview that if, if, it, if the substitutions were just for the three that we would have expected normally, um, he probably wouldn't have started him. Um, but he says he, he kind of, you know, had a bit more breathing room given that he, if, if it kind of didn't go to plan, he could bring him off relatively early and, and still not really affect his, his game plan in, in that sense. Um, but, I mean, he, he's still not 100% fit, is he? And I think he, he well, just it's felt... 10 minutes, isn't it? It's 10 minutes and that's yeah. why he has to come off. He's felt something, hasn't he? And um, did Cox say that he's got a bit of sciatica or something yeah, like that? Yeah, I think that? so. So it, it's, you know, sometimes that completely comes and goes. It's a bit of a mystery um, and it can be. And, and clearly he's felt that. And, uh, you know, it, it's like that you, you don't take any risk. And, and I mean, it was, we were sat here watching it, weren't we? And, mm-hmm. and Kev was not pleased, but he knew he was going to come off. And it kind of just, it dawned on everybody. Like, oh, shit, it's, Kev's coming off. Brilliant. What do we do now? And then and, and Hallam comes on, doesn't he? But, you know, uh, you know as long as there's no lasting damage and, and, you know, you wouldn't expect him to start on Tuesday now. Actually, I'd probably say that he will probably rest him for a couple of weeks, given that we're not playing on Saturday, are we? Because it's, it's the FA Cup. Yeah. Um, so that would make sense. So you can probably see somebody else start on, on Tuesday night against Bolton. But, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's sort of here and there. As long as there's no sort of lasting damage, then fair enough. But I mean, it did seem a bit of a risk, didn't it? But the impact that he has is so huge that I think, you know, Morecambe had to tailor their game plan to Kev playing. And, and he was obviously um, going to be occupied by Songo for most of the game. So it's, it's something that they had to consider. Um, so not necessarily a bad thing all in all because Markham's game plan would then have to change 10 minutes in after Kev comes off but it's it obviously disappointing to see him come off everybody wants to see Kev he's, he's a he's a ticket seller isn't he so um but yeah as long as there's no lasting lasting damage then fair enough yeah I think a couple of points on this really I mean Kev obviously will want to play I think he, he was desperate to get back um and probably rushed a little bit and I think we were seeing the effects of that really um, but I think it goes back to the point we made a few weeks ago that he's obviously been watching this from the sidelines as we have really and it, it's not been great viewing and I think he he realises that he can make a difference and he does make a difference to this team and I think he's just really eager to get on the pitch and, and try and help the lads out which is great you know we want we want that kind of attitude, and I think we've seen that with Clark, you know, um, playing with no training at the weekend, and, and Magai as well coming in with with no training under his belt. Um, so you know, the senior players are stepping up and, and putting themselves forward when maybe you know in a in an ideal world we'd get a couple of weeks fitness into them before they start and before they come back in. So I think yeah, that that's maybe the reason there with Kev. I think he he does realise he's a really important part of the, the team and. Um, we do need him on the pitch and I think he, he probably has maybe put himself forward for it when ideally, you know, if he'd, if he'd have missed today, um, he might have been all right for, for Tuesday. Uh, I think we've just got to be really careful with him because he's, he's such a big um, part of this side, um, really important. And I think this goes on to kind of my second point with it. 
uh, in that I think it might be that he is missing this kind of um, you know this this kind of thing is is quite um, you know it's going to happen quite often because he's not had much fitness you know he's not had much game time his fitness isn't great um, you know he's playing when when he maybe shouldn't and he's going to pick up these little niggles here and there um, so I'd just like to know kind of what the plan B is really um, because. Again, you know, obviously we mentioned on Tuesday when he went off, it was it was like playing with nine, ten men, you know, everyone behind the ball and no creativity. And we saw him play that Paul Hayes role really well um, at Oldham. I thought he did really well. Obviously, he got his goal and, and set another one up. And I think, you know, we were missing that a little bit. I think Hallam, yeah, it was a bit harsh to sub him today. I don't think he did anything wrong as such, but... You know, I think we do miss Kevin. It does kind of take a lot of creativity out the side when he's missing. So, um, yeah, the, I think there's options in there. I'd like to see a bit more of Green, actually, and, and try and maybe utilise his pace. We saw that in the second half. Um, we saw that ball over the top where, you know, he, he's really quick and he got onto that. Um, so I think that, that could be something we look at. But, um, yeah, it's it's a big blow. Hopefully he's not out for too long. But as you say, Matt, I think, obviously, um not going to play on Tuesday and then we've got a bit of a break so fingers crossed we can we can get him back in that period but um yeah one to keep an eye on what did you make of the change because obviously we've said time time again we all of us here actually are, are quite big fans of Hallam you know we like what he brings to the game uh, and we would like to see him get a bit more of an opportunity but um would you would you think that was the move uh, to make you know for for Kev do you, you've mentioned Green there McAtee of course is is another one that was on the bench today well, I think with McAtee, I mean, for me on Tuesday when he came on, we just needed to see a bit more from him. I don't think he was really putting a shift in. I think the rest of the lads were, and he came on. Um, I think he's got to do a little bit more. He's got to kind of put the defence under a bit more pressure when they've got the ball. Um, he was just kind of strolling around a little bit. And I think that's probably played against him today, because um, I think he probably would have been the one to replace Kev if we'd have seen a bit more on Tuesday. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm going to guess in there, but I think that could have kind of played on Cox's mind a little bit. Um, but yeah, Hallam, Hallam is a good player and I think he's got an eye for goal as well. I think we've seen that on a couple of occasions. Uh, and he's obviously scored loads of goals when he was at Sheffield United in their youth setup. So I can see why it was um, Hallam. I just don't think we got him involved as much as, as um, Cox would have liked today. Um, and then I think, obviously, the switch in formation and, and kind of the way we kind of approached it um, in the second half meant that he had to come off a little bit harsh. As I said, I don't think he did much wrong, but um, just to kind of switch it and, and go for the win, I think I think we probably had to change it. And that's what Cox did at the end of the day. I think it was, as as Nui say, it was just the fact that he was occupying that position, really, because, you know, we changed from four four two to four three three. Uh, You know, Gilead drops in a bit. You've got Spence and Beeston in the middle. And then you had Green and Loft and Easter. And, and uh, Cox was saying, wasn't he, that he wanted to keep Loft on as a bit of a target man, uh, which sort of only really left Hallam. And you know, as, as Nui, again, as he said, you know, because he came on, after ten minutes, it's early on in the game. He has actually played sixty odd minutes. So if it was if it was like a normal situation, if he had started and he comes off after sixty minutes, you'd say, okay, that's just a standard substitution, really, wouldn't you? Yeah, you'd think so. And it's it's just always a little bit strange when a sub gets subbed. People are going to ask questions, aren't they? Um, and you know, I don't think it was particularly the wrong decision. I think you know Green came on and he did well, didn't he? And and he shows a little bit of intelligence with that little inside pass to to Rowe as well when he was on the overlap, and we were unlucky to not score from that. that was a good save from their keeper, and he he waited and waited, didn't he? And he and he definitely played the right pass. So I, you know, every time he's been on, to be quite honest, 
Green's looked very capable. I like him. Um, yeah, and, and it wouldn't surprise me if he if he didn't. I mean, it would surprise me if he didn't start on Tuesday against Ebola, and it should be a good kind of chance for him to to get on the pitch. And if, if that means he starts out wide or, or whatever, fair enough. But it wouldn't surprise me to see him start. Um, but I'd like to see more of him. And uh, you know, every time he's been on, he, he's kind of he's contributed. And he's he's definitely done something. And I, I completely agree with you as well, Matt. In terms of McAtee, he didn't do enough on Tuesday and that's probably why he's not come on for Kev but having said that when he came on today he did close down a lot more than he did in the week so he's somebody's obviously had a word with him yeah I think you're right there talking of um, managers making subs and, and subbing subs Laws was like that wasn't it he loved doing that um, but yeah I think I think you're right with Green I'd like to see a bit more of him and another player you mentioned there Rowe I thought he had another good game the one thing for me which which frustrates me, um, and it, I don't think it's it's Roe, I think it's potentially the way we're playing at the moment, um, but Roe and Brown, for me, they just don't get up the pitch enough. Um, it seems they're, they're very rarely cross the halfway line. Um, and we saw it in the second half. I think Roe, kind of the one you mentioned there, when he got through and obviously a good, good effort, a uh, good save from the keeper. And we saw the other side, I think Brown, when, when he got forward and on the overlap, he got Issa in and, and we had another opportunity there and I think it went for a corner. Um, but I think we do need to utilise them a bit more because they're both, you know, Rose got a lot of pace and Brown, um, intelligent player, and he's got a decent delivery. And I think uh, we saw it, you know, we're going back a few years now, but, you know, Dawson and Beagree down that side, they were always on the overlap and you've got to have a good engine. I know you've got to have a good engine. Um, and obviously Brown's getting on a little bit, but with Rowe, you know, he's got bags of energy. He's got um, a lot of pace. And I think he's perfect, really, for, for making those overlapping runs, just to help Gilly out a little bit on that right-hand side. Um, and, you know, when we when we did that today, we looked dangerous, but we just don't do it enough for me. Um, and I think that's something we might have to look at, you know, in the next few weeks. Without Kev, um, we've got to look at how we can create chances. And I think that's that's an opportunity and that's something to, to look at and work on because, um, yeah, for me, they just don't get forward enough. Um, and that's I don't know if that's kind of, the players maybe been a little bit hesitant and you know thinking we've been a bit kind of um, poor at the back in well this season on the whole and we just want to keep it tight and we want to be organised and we don't really want to um, get forward and we want to keep kind of a solid bank of four so I can understand it from that point of view um, but I think we've got to take a few more risks at times especially at home and I would just like to see those two get forward and, and try and create cause they've definitely got the ability. I think you're, yeah. you're absolutely right. I mean, my only counter to that is just in terms of today's game. And I, I think part of it, it actually leads into what I was going to say next about the first half, was that it, it was quite a scrappy game. I mean, as you said earlier on, Matt, you know, Morecambe, they came and they were sort of targeting Kev, weren't they? And then they adapted slightly, but they, they looked solid. They looked, you know, really well organised. I think a part of it is, I think you're absolutely right. I do think we need to utilise them a lot more and allow them a little bit more freedom potentially. But I think a lot of it today was probably that Morecambe was set up in such a way that we just, you know, we just couldn't do that in in many instances. No, yeah, I agree. Morecambe came with the game plan, and they, and they, as as much as they played, they stopped us playing as well. And and I'm not sure if it was that in terms of the fullbacks bombing on or overlapping. It, it could it could be that Morecambe restricted him, you know, on purpose. It could be that um, they had specific um, kind of instruction from the manager not to go too far forward or could just be a fitness thing. You don't know. Um, I think Brown's still getting back to fitness. 
Rangers. I'm not sure about Rowe, um, but it could be that as well. So, you know, hopefully in the next few weeks, if they're still playing, you'd like to see them get for, um, you know, further forward and see them overlap because they will, they will work well with that Esau or Gilead. And, and it's something that I'd like to see more of. And as you said, Matt, it, it, we need to kind of find other outlets and find other ways of creating kind of chances when, when Kev's not on the pitch. And, and you know, an easy way to do that is is have is overload your fullbacks in the wide positions and get balls you know in from the byline because you know and anybody can knock that in it can be you know it can be Hallam it can be you, know, you don't have any need to any have have any height for that really because it's going to be on the floor it can be loft or whatever but I think the more we get into the box the better and hopefully if fitness improves or if instructions allow we'll see more of that more of that in the coming weeks. Yeah, just the one thing about the the fullbacks I thought Morecambe's fullbacks were good you know I thought they were they got forward when they they could um good delivery as well at times and i think the goal you know the, their goal um was a great ball in, in the first instance by by the um, right back so uh, i think that's you know it's a good example and, and cox was mentioning as well their fullbacks like to get kind of bomb on and and get balls into the box so you know it's just something i'd like to see but i can understand obviously your points um I think you know that there's reasons why why it maybe isn't happening. But yeah, moving forward, I'd just like to see it a little bit more, and um, hopefully, you know, taking nothing away from Rowe, I think um, I think it was a, another really good performance from him, and um, with Clark missing as well, I think we needed that. Um, and you just think, I mean, why why wasn't he given an opportunity a little bit sooner? I know he had a couple of knocks and things like that, but. Um, I think he was fit and we were obviously playing Hornshaw there who, who now seems to have disappeared. I'm not sure if he's been self-isolating or um, he, he's took a knock. But um, but yeah, we've had Rowe in the building and, and we've not used him until recently. So um, yeah, he's taken his chance and um, hopefully we'll see a lot more of him. But I think he's definitely sort of an able um, stand-in when Clark's not fit. Uh, so for the rest of the first half, it was sort of a little bit scrappy, wasn't it? And, you know, two teams relatively matched, I think, you know, in terms of the way they approached the game. I think in the second half, however, um, but for maybe a five sort of 10 minute spell, which we'll talk about because that's where our goal comes in. Uh, it was it was sort of all Morecambe really, wasn't it? I mean, they, they I've just sort of written as we were watching the match, they're just gearing up and gearing up. You know, it's just, they were getting the ball a bit further forward each time. They looked a little bit more dangerous with each count, you know, with each move. Uh, and I think we really struggled for a lot of the second half, actually. I think the key sub was, uh, I think it was Dia Garaga that went off. And I don't think he was having a particularly bad game, but they brought on, Stockton I think and um, he actually for sort of 10-15 minutes he seemed to get the better of Onorise and we've not seen that um, so far this season obviously when Onorise is uh, coming to the side he's been really solid and I think actually he had a decent game again today he obviously got his goal as well Um, but I thought just for sort of 10-15 minutes he struggled with him a little bit and maybe struggled with his physicality Um, and I think that sub really swung the balance in their favour a little bit Um, I mean, the, the guy that was up front first half didn't really do much um, on his own up there. Um, and I think, yeah, they, they definitely grew into the game. They had a couple of decent chances. And um, although Howard wasn't really tested until a little bit later on, um, a couple of those in, in weeks gone by would have maybe crept in and um, we'd have gone a couple of goals behind. But yeah, I thought Markham were a decent side. I think we said that before the game, we expected them to be... Um, quite good, um, a lot of experience in, in the side, a few uh, you know, players that have played at a higher level throughout the career. So, yeah, I, it was it was what we expected, really. I don't think it's kind of the Markham of old that, that were 
always down the bottom of the table and fighting against relegation. I think they'll be sort of there and thereabouts. Certainly one of the most organised sides I've seen this season. So, um, yeah, they, they had a little spell in the second half. Thankfully, you know, we managed to keep them out. Uh, maybe wasteful finishing at times. A couple went wide, but um, but yeah, it was uh, they, they were a decent side. Do you think just staying on money just for a second, um, there was that, that moment, wasn't there, where there was that little mistake? I mean, not to... Not to focus and highlight on it um just a sort of a wayward pass that just led to a bit of a chance for them and and as you say you know we talked about luck a bit earlier on you know in, in recent weeks something like that would have probably probably gone in wouldn't it and then you know we'd have ended up folding do you think just a little moment like that in the game just sort of played on his mind just a little bit because I mean obviously it, it seemed as well he seemed to me to, to settle down a bit after he, he got the goal back in so maybe it, it was all just like a confidence thing yeah, it was, wasn't it? It was it was sort of ten minutes after that. It was that um sort of pass, uh loose pass. Well it was after Brown, wasn't it? He? he was Brown had run on and it was just I think it was just a little bit short and it was behind him as he'd already made the move and then their player was just able to pick it up. Yeah, and as you say, I mean other weeks we'd have probably been punished for that, but I think um yeah, he had a little wobble for sort of ten, fifteen minutes. But yeah, after the goal I think he was he was back to his, his usual self. I think um defensively he was winning a lot of headers again and um, making some blocks and tackles so yeah it wasn't a bad performance it was just that you know when that when that Stockton came on I think maybe for 10 minutes um, yeah it just took him a little a little while to get to grips with him but I think when he did um, he was he was fine again. Well in that sort of that spell where we do score and that is from about the 75 minutes that's where we get back in the game to a certain extent I think that's where we looked a little bit more lively a little bit dangerous that run from from Green and from Rowe that we've talked about already that was sort of in there uh, there was another one where Issa did essentially what he did on on Tuesday you know he, he looked like he was beaten to the ball and then he did he did his his traditional run he took on the two players and then you know put that across it and get the corner didn't he and and then yeah this is where we get our our goal and it's uh it's from the corner i think it might have been that that one actually from the Issa run i can't exactly remember uh it's put in and beaston gets the shot i actually thought that shot had gone in itself but potentially not it was looks like it was on the line anyway uh, and then you've got loft and manny they're closing in but it's manny that gets the final touch and it's it's one of them ones where it's like it's just a scrappy one it gets it in but it's it's really Really, I know I said it's in that spell of five minutes, but in the game as a whole, it's against the run of play, uh, and it's and it's like you, you feel if, if we'd have if we'd have seen it out to one nil, you'd have thought we've been lucky to nick that. You know, I think Morecambe would have been hard done by if we'd have kept it at one nil. Yeah, it would have been unfair on Mor- uh, on Morecambe. Not not to say that that's never happened before, but um, <clears throat> but yeah, I think I think it is, it is a very scrappy goal, isn't it? and and we weren't creating a huge amount apart from as you said a, a few sort of flashes of quality from from out wide. Of course, um, <clears throat> you know we're seeing that a lot more now. We're playing four four two a little bit from Issa and, and unfortunate from um, from Rowe on the overlap from Green. Um, but it's 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 a goal, isn't it? That's all that matters. It is, it is a little bit disappointing that we couldn't see it out at the end. But as you said, it, we didn't deserve it. And I thought generally Morecambe were the better team. And they had a lot more possession, a lot more of the ball in the second half. Um, and we, we created very little, um, but defended well. Um, so, you know, I think, you know, 1-1 really was probably a fair result. But, you know, obviously always going to be disappointed when conceded in the last few minutes. I think it was um, fitness played the part as well. Obviously, we've played quite a lot of games in a short space of time and, Playing on Tuesday as well, obviously Morecambe didn't, so I think they were they looked a little bit fresher and they made quite a few subs, didn't they, um, towards the end of the game that, that maybe just kind of swung it and got them the goal. But yeah, I think I think on the whole, um, you know, 
because we've played so many games in quick succession, because there were a lot of tired legs out there, um, it would have been nice if, if we did hang on and see it out. But as you've said, I think it would have been um, really unfair on Markham. I thought they were good value for a point. And um, probably they, they will argue they, they deserved all three. But I think fair result, uh, a point at the end of the day. I think as well, it is just the fact that it is in stoppage time, isn't it? I mean, if you look at the balance of the game, you know, if they'd have scored, say, I don't know, 55, 60 minutes, and then we'd ended up scoring when we did, you'd say, yeah, that's fine, they've got the point, because you wouldn't really question the goal, because you think it's coming at this moment, wasn't it? It's just the fact that where it's, you know, ended up going in. Uh, Shall we have a look at that goal then because uh, I think Neil Cox took a bit of issue with it as well didn't he in the fact that in the sense that it was you know from our throwing basically wasn't it and it's 30 seconds later it's ended up in the net and it's um it's crossing isn't it it's crossing it's headed down and Howard he makes a fantastic save it's a really great save you know I thought the, the initial header would have just gone in in itself but you know, he did really well there and it's it's just unfortunate that nobody's really picked up uh, the guy on the on the rebound and it's it just able to to slot it in. Yeah, we probably just lacking a little bit of luck there. It's 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 not dropped either side of of their player and kind of just gone behind him and been scrambled away. It's just the way it dropped. Um, but yeah, nothing Howard could do about it. It's, it's a top quality save. It really is. And he'll be sick as a dog seeing that going in on his back when he's just pulled off a save like that in the last minute. Um, but it is what it is, and it's just unfortunate. I, I mean, yeah, maybe one of our defenders should have reacted quicker. Yes and no. I think it's 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 just literally is the way that's rebounded straight to their player. You know, it's just been, make it made it easy for him. I think either side of him and as it's gone past him, with chance that we'll scramble it away and we'll probably win the game. It's fine margins, isn't it? It's, it's, it's sort of the way it is. Um, I think they probably should have had a penalty right at the death as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, <clears throat> it is what it is. It, it's it's a top save from Howard, and um, I think he's 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 been good since he's come. And he, he's very very steady. You know. Everything he did, apart from you know that one kind of spill on his debut, he's been he's been assured. He's he's been I think steady is probably the word for him. Really, he's he's obviously got good experience in it, and he knows what he's supposed to be doing. He comes out most of the time, claims the ball really well. His kicking's excellent. You know, his distribution as a whole is is really good. You can see now that the defense has some confidence in their goalkeeper because. We look really solid at the back, and and to be quite honest, it, it, it's a bit of a miracle. It's a hell of a turnaround to go from, you know, being absolutely awful all season in in the defence. You know, mistakes left, right, and centre. You know, we thinking we're never going to keep a clean sheet to to conceding one in three with with two clean sheets, and and we've we've looked solid. And and as much as a turnaround in our fortunes has, has been pretty pretty spectacular, I'd, I'd I'd probably argue to say that the turnaround in in how well we've been defending over the past three games has been even more kind of well unbelievable really considering how awful we were earlier in the season yeah I think you're right on Howard it was a great save and as you say obviously just fell to fell to the wrong man but I thought the guy finished it really well actually because it was one of those that came back at him really quick and I know he's only a few yards out but he did well to kind of put that um in, in the roof of the net and not just back along the floor to where Howard was so um yeah unfortunate because it was a great save from Howard basically point blank range and uh, he's got down really well to save it but um yeah I agree with with all your points there he looks really assured um what you expect really from from a keeper who's um kind of been there and done it I know one of the things when he came in you're looking at kind of appearances um and kind of appearance stats and things like that and Maybe he's not played as many games as you would like for someone his age, but you know he's got bags of experience. He's been in and around some some big clubs, and 
he's, he's really helped the defence, I think. Um, obviously, it's, it does make a difference when you've got someone coming for crosses, claiming the crosses. And, yeah, as you say, Matt, apart from the odd wobble, you know, there, there was a couple um, at Oldham where he, he maybe came for them and, and didn't quite get there. But today, I thought he came for um, a lot and he, he generally um, claimed the ball. So that, that's obviously an improvement. And we saw the assist midweek. As you say, we've not seen that for a long time. Goalkeeper kind of um, releasing a quick throw and getting us on on the front foot. So um, all very positive there. Um, but yeah, it's looking a lot better back there. I think, as you say, to come to get seven seven points out of nine games uh, in a week. Um, yeah, it, it looked impossible a few weeks ago. So it's been a big turnaround. I still think there's a lot to work on. Cause I think we've probably tightened up a lot at the back, but that's maybe um, having a little bit of an impact at the other end of the field. So we've got to get it right. We've got to get the balance right. Um, we've got to start creating some chances because uh, obviously the last couple of games we've not created a lot. Um, but, you know, we're keeping them out at the other end. Uh, we're obviously two clean sheets and only one conceded today is, is a vast improvement. So uh, I think, you know, we can't do everything at once. I think the, the main thing was... Um, grinding out a few wins which we've done um, we've obviously kept two clean sheets which we've, we've really struggled with this season um, so I'm sure Cox will be pleased with that you know I think the, the key thing was we didn't lose today um, a little bit disappointed we couldn't hold on but as, as we've all said I think um, they deserved a point and ultimately I think it was a fair result. Um, we did actually have a question in from, from John about the impact that Howard has made since arriving, but I think that certainly covers that. Uh, we've actually had quite a lot of questions in to say that we are actually recording on Saturday evening, um, straight after the game, essentially. Uh, we'll go through those in, in just a second. Uh, but let's just look ahead then, because I think Neil Cox has said this in his interview after the game, that we, he's probably he's going to have to make changes now, isn't he, for, for Tuesday. Uh, we are obviously playing Bolton, as Matt said earlier on. We're not playing next weekend because of FA Cup, although I'm I'm assuming that both of the games that we have in, in as a game in hand, they're probably still both in the FA Cup. I'm not sure about that because you'd have thought that would be an ideal place to put one of those. Uh, but I would imagine that would have already been done by now if it was possible. So it's looking likely that Bolton on Tuesday and then Harrogate on the following Tuesday. So there is a little bit of a break after the Bolton game. But how, what, what are you expecting to see? We mentioned maybe get green in there. Um, what, what, what other changes do you think we're going to have? I mean, I think that there's going to be changes, but having said that, at the same time, you've got five subs to play with on Tuesday. So if if you keep some of the players in that might not have played the 90 minutes, you're going to be able to change them. So you know, maybe there won't be that many, but um, I think tonight, um, sorry, against Markham this afternoon, um, we towards the end of the game we were blown a bit, weren't we? A lot of the players looked on their ass. Um, we kind of looked really shaky right towards the end. You know, so much so that I thought we might even concede a second goal in the dying, in the dying seconds. Thank, thank, thankfully, we didn't. That's but, where that uh, near penalty was, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. We we looked very very shaky, and, and we just looked like happy to see it through in the end to basically just put your foot through the ball and. and hoof it as soon as it comes anywhere, anywhere near the box which is thankfully what we did um, but yeah I, th- I think that <clears throat> there'll, there'll be some changes just because the fitness isn't quite there um, and but you could really see it for the last 10 minutes we were really blowing um, a lot of players are on their ass um, so it, it wouldn't surprise me if, if we do make a few subs for Tuesday and, and we've got a pretty big squad so you know you'd, you'd like to think it's, it's sort of a chance for maybe Olamola or Green or maybe even McAtee to start uh, and, and and things like that. I'm not sure where Taylor is. Is he one of them that's self-isolating? Did he take a knock? He was isolating. I think, uh, I think that was that was what was set before the Port Vale game. 
<clears throat> so maybe yeah. we'll see him. You know, it, it, obviously a good player, really good player. Taylor, he's not quite. It's obviously been a bit stop start for him, hasn't it, with COVID and things like that. So you know, if if he's if he's out of it, out of isolation, if you like, and and back on the training pitch, we might see him on Tuesday night as well, which which won't be a bad thing. So it'd be interesting to see. I mean, said that I was going to say interesting to see see if he keeps the formation, but I think Cox did say in his post match interview today that he'll probably go three five two, which doesn't fill me with a whole load of confidence. But we'll have to see. Uh, right, so let's move on to a couple of questions. And, and as ever, we've, we've covered a lot of this throughout the discussion, such as things like rushing Kev back too soon, things like that. Um, but let, let's just stay on with Kev for the second. We've had one in from uh, Lee Martin. He says, uh, in regards to Van Veen, he says uh, that he feels like we're missing creativity when he's not on the pitch. I think we, we've alluded to that already, but how much do you think that is is a problem for us? Yeah, I think it is. I mean, it the thing is with Kev, he can create something out of nothing. And we saw it at Oldham, um, you know, the crossing uh, for, for Bideau was brilliant. Um, just something like that, just a, a piece of quality. And obviously his goal that, that he, he put away really nicely as well. Um, we just, we, I don't know, I don't know why, but it just seems when he's not playing, we just, we do really struggle to create. Um, I'm not saying we've played badly. Yet. I mean, I think we've, you know, some aspects of our performance has been has been good, um, but we saw kind of before Kev returned, um, struggling to kind of create much, struggling to score. And um, when he comes back, obviously the Oldham game, we get a couple of goals, which you know, very rare that that we do that. So I'm not sure what it is, but he definitely does just seem to see that pass or just just get the ball moving a little bit quicker. Um, and I think that's that's what we'll miss. Um, you know, I, th- I think it's it's pretty clear that he's going to be out on Tuesday, so we're going to have to come up with a, a different solution, a different plan. Um, well, let me just couple that with this uh, another question that we've had, in, and it said, "Is Loft actually effective?" I know Cox has said that he left him on today because he wants you know a bit of a big guy up front for for the free kicks and things like that. I think he is. <laughs> it, it depends on what service he gets. It, it's the same for any any target man, any any. Big man up front. If he gets no service, he's not going to do anything. It's as simple as that. And and I think his, his service generally today was limited. Um, I, I did think early in the game though, when he was getting hold of the ball and kind of coming short a little bit, <clears throat> given the chance, the ball does stick to him, which is quite nice. Um, I think and it does work like that. If if the distribution's right and if we get it into his feet, you know, as well, he will hold the ball up and it, and he does a good job of doing that. And not always, but for the most part, he will bring players into the game as well. I think he, he chose a couple of wrong passes today, but uh, having said that, as, as we saw against as Oldham with Kev's goal, he, he chose the right pass with the back heel and, and it's a goal, isn't it? So, you know, that's what you that's what you ideally want from him, that he, he's going to occupy a couple of defenders, he's going to hold the ball up, let everybody catch up to him after we've been under a bit of pressure and then decide or pick the right pass and then get back in the box again if he's sent out wide. So I think that he, he is effective given the chance, but depending on how we play... Um, um, and against a team like Markham, it was particularly difficult for him. Um, but I think that, you know, it's a difficult role because he has to work really hard. He has to get kicked. He has to get, you know, headbutted, whatever. He's, he's always going to get hit flailing arms. That's what you do as a big man up front, unfortunately. It's, it's what his game is. And I think that we need him as that kind of outlet in this league. So, you know, based on that, I think he is effective. I think he could be more effective, but it's not always his fault. I and mean, it is also down to the, the kind of service he's getting. But also, I think that he, he 
he does, even though we've only seen a limited amount of it, he does work with Kev and it does work having Kev with him because he, he's that foil for him and he kind of occupies a couple of defenders creating little pockets of space which Kev knows to, how to kind of exploit and move into and things like that. So once they're kind of Kev's fit or whatever and they play together, I think that it is a partnership that does work and Kev being our best player in that sense, he, he is effective. Uh, we've had a few just staying on the strikers theme in regards to Olamola, obviously stating that you know he obviously pledged his commitment to the club if that is to be to be believed that he turned the move down himself. Um, but then obviously overlooked today, you know he was on the bench, but with even with five subs he didn't get on. What what do we make of that? Um, I'm not sure really. I'm, I'm not sure it was the game for him. But again, um, we've kind of said you know he's turned the move down to non-league. Um, I think he believes he should be in. He should be playing in this side. He's obviously been to Cox and um, on a couple of occasions that we know of that Cox has mentioned, he's been banging on the door asking why he's not playing. So I think he probably believes he's he's too good for a move to non-league at, the, at this stage in his career um, and he wants a chance at League Two and that's fine you know you, you've got to believe in yourself and, and you've got to back yourself and I think that's what he's doing um, but yeah it's, I still think kind of at the back of Cox's mind there's that disagreement whether um, is he going to do the job I ask him to if I put him on um, today he's obviously gone with McAtee maybe just trying to create something um, obviously didn't didn't quite happen but I think as Matt said earlier we, we saw a lot more from um, McAtee today because I think on Tuesday he, he was quite lazy when he came on I just think I think with, with Olmola he will get an opportunity I think with Kev missing um, at some point in the next few weeks he will get an opportunity and like we've been saying sort of um, in midweek uh, when he does get that opportunity he's just got to take it and show what he can do uh, we've got one here from David as well. He's put the development of Gyro has been a real positive for me. Put him alongside an experienced defender and he's got real potential, obviously referring to Maguire. Uh, yeah, obviously we agree with that. We've covered that, I think, throughout the episode. But another point that he brings up is uh, the other point would be an experienced midfielder is a must. We need that pressure relief. Uh, relief. What, what do we make of that? I thought they had a good game again today. I thought Spence and Beast did well because obviously for the most part... Um, they had three men in there. Uh, I know obviously Songo and, and then the two others um, in central midfield. So they were a little bit overloaded at times, but I thought Beeston had another solid game. Um, looks confident, looks assured on the ball and actually um, tried on, on a couple of occasions to kind of thread the ball through and, and played some intelligent passes. So I'm um, quite happy with him. Um, obviously like to see him get a bit more game time. And I think Spence, uh, as he's looking good as well. I mean, he, he does the dirty work he gets his foot in keeps the ball really well as we've said in previous weeks and um, rarely gives it away um, so I think those two are forming a decent partnership but yes I think for me if the one player we, we're probably lacking now is that experience head in central midfield just to kind of slow the game down a little bit when we need to and um, just to kind of carry us up the other, other end of the pitch when when we need that to happen as well um, so that would probably be kind of the first player on my shopping list for January um, if we do any business in January. Uh, but having said that, I thought the two did really well again today and um, I think they're just going to get better and better as, as they get a bit more game time, really. OK, one last one then. And obviously with everything we've been saying, obviously saying we don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves in terms of the Oldham one, but winning on Tuesday, drawing again uh, today against Morecambe, you know, seven points from nine, as we've said. This is from Neil Wright. He says, with another good performance, are we finally turning the corner? So is are we turning the corner or is it too soon to say that just yet? Interesting one. I mean, the defence has turned the corner. 
There's no doubt about that. The rest of the team, I don't think has. I don't think we're, we're quite there yet. Um, I mean, it's Wendy. Wendy is saying you know, hypothetical corner. When have we turned it? But I mean, we've we've got better, and we're not losing games, and we can defend now. So we're kind of sort of halfway there. Um, and I think the next two or two or three games will probably tell you. I think we've probably got a loss in there somewhere. I think we've probably got another win. It won't won't surprise me if if, if we didn't kind of you know, maybe lose to Bolton, beat Harrogate and then maybe draw against Leighton Orient. And then, you know, that's a pretty even spread of results. I think the thing you could probably say you know, was that three wins, two draws and a loss from six games, we probably would have turned the corner because that's no longer relegation form, is it? Uh, that's that's a, a pretty healthy kind of string of, of, of results. Um, but no, I'm, I'm not sure we are quite there yet. I think we're not far off. Um, I'm, I think we, I don't think we're going to get relegated anymore based on what we've seen recently. Um, I don't think that's really that much of a worry now. It's just about picking the points up and, and moving up the table because we're still right at the bottom, aren't we, almost? So um, it's just about the speed of which we kind of turn, turn games into points, especially with a couple of games in hand. Um, but, you know... Not quite, but the, def- the defence definitely have. I definitely think the defence is, is more solid and we look really good at the back now, actually, which is, is something I'd never would have dreamt of saying <laughs> earlier in the season. Um, so, you know, somebody's obviously it's clicked there, hasn't it? Is, if that's a, bringing an experienced keeper or finally getting Onorise and Magai together and then getting a little bit of, you know, experience in the full-back role with, with Brown. I'm not sure or if it's just what they're doing on the training ground. Um, but, you know, we, we're very competent now, very assured with defending high balls, um, with defending low balls. You know, we're not making any mistakes at the back anymore, really. I know, as we said, Onorise had a little bit of wobble today, but nothing really came of it. So, you know, I think that that's the main thing. But also, I'd say that if Cox managed to get that right, if he does manage to get the defence right this season, and we do go on to have, you know, a relatively kind of dry season in terms of conceding too many goals, then I think he's done a hell of a job because the last two or three Scunthorpe managers have not been able to sort the back line out in any sense. And all throughout the past two or three seasons, we have looked shite at the back. But for the past three games, for the first time I've seen in ages, we've looked solid. And I think that whoever is responsible for that deserves a lot of praise. So, yes, the defence has turned the corner. The rest of the team probably hasn't yet. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think we're as a team, we're defending better. Um, the midfield are helping out a little bit more in terms of you know cutting out those, those balls in the middle of the park. Um, because at times earlier in the season, we maybe saw balls just straight through the midfield and um, the defence under a lot of pressure. Um, so I think, yes, um, there's definitely been changing kind of attitude because when Cox came in, he was he was all for, you know, the players are going to be playing for, you know, putting a bit of pride into the shirt and um, giving the role. And at times, you know, I think there was a couple of weeks where I don't think that was the case. I think um, there were a few that were just going through the motions and, and not really... Um, putting the bodies on the line and, and getting stuck in, and I think the last three games we've definitely seen that, and we look more more like a team, um, a lot more organised, as Matt says, defensively, and that's really solid base to build from. Because um, as we've said, you know, a few few weeks ago, a month ago, um, we looked awful back there. So it's been a hell of a turnaround. Um, I wouldn't say we've turned the corner fully, uh, but you know, we're, we're maybe peering round it, just just having a look. 
Um, but I think, um, yeah, the next step is to look at creating some some chances and putting teams under pressure because I think that's that's what we've been missing. Right. Let's uh, let's leave that there then. Uh, so thank you very much for listening to this. We'll be back next. I think it will be our match day live before Bolton on Tuesday. That'll be about half past six if it's a seven o'clock kickoff, which it seems to be for the Tuesday games at the minute. We've also got a stats episode going up on Patreon very soon. It's all about Scunthorpe's international stats, and it's it's quite an interesting one so give that a listen if you are on patreon if not it's not particularly expensive you can just do it for a month if you want to have listened to the stats episodes um so yeah thank you very much for listening to this we'll see you next week uh, after the bolton game at tiger self-storage we offer both commercial and domestic storage to allow us to cater to all your storage requirements we care about our clients and that is why we offer up to six weeks free storage for all new clients Our facility has state-of-the-art security with 24-hour CCTV, an alarmed and gated property, and personal access codes for maximum security. We also sell high-quality storage merchandise at low prices. If you're looking for storage for moving home, general decluttering, or maybe even storage for your business, Tiger Self Storage has a unit for you. For a free quote, visit our website, tiger-storage.co.uk. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.